if I could at least be one person that can spread that message. And if just even one person that also struggles with that walks through the door and can feel, um, feel the change there, then I'm happy. This is Don't Fear Grit with Rob Taormina. Marketing strategies and advertising technologies to help you build a better business. Hey guys, welcome back to 2021. Uh, the last time we spent some time together, we were going over the the top episodes of 2020, and I've got an incredible guest to kick off the brand new year, brand new start, and you know brand new starts means New Year's resolutions, all that crazy stuff, so we're going to be starting with a brand new series featuring some incredible entrepreneurs, and it's great that we get to bring to, uh, to the table, re- really, to the studio, to Don't Fear Grit. Um, an entrepreneur with an amazing story. You're going to want to listen to her, but I don't want to give too much away. First, I want to bring her to the studio. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Listen, we're so glad to have you here in the studio. And before we move forward, as we always like to do, give some context. Let everyone know um, who you are, what's the name of your business, a little Mm -hmm. bit of your backstory, and then we'll launch right into it. Okay. So as you said, I'm Kelsey. Um, I own Kelsey's Bar in Nesconset. It's a bar studio. Um, I kind of are uh, saying is effective but sustainable fitness. So what that means to me is we have classes that are obviously effective, right? So you're getting all the toning that you want, you're getting the results that you want, but it's something that's sustainable which I feel like a lot of gyms, um, you feel burnt out, you feel tired, you feel exhausted after you leave the gym. So my kind of, um, like what I like to do is make them so that you feel refreshed afterwards, you feel confident and you feel strong. So that's kind of at least what I aim to do. And my clients seem to agree with me on that. So that's that's the business that I own. And um, what inspired me to do that is um, from my own struggles with finding balance and kind of having a healthy relationship with exercise and eating. And I feel like there's a lot of people that struggle with that too. And I thought that um, if I could at least be one person that can spread that message And if just even one person that also struggles with that walks through the door and can feel feel the change there, then I'm happy. That's amazing. So, all right. By the way, you've already revealed a a lot here. (laughs) I know. And and I think everyone is really interested and can't wait for you to now talk about the details. So I guess I'll start at the end and we'll sort of come back. So first, I know you're a business owner, but I want everyone to understand you had this dream, right, of opening up a business. And what, what date did you open up your business? So uh, I opened up March 15th, 2020. And when was the shutdown? March 16th, 2020. So guys, I don't know if you picked up on that. She literally worked so hard to to launch this incredible business that was her dream. She launches it on March 15th, the day before the shutdown. You're open for less than 24 hours. And now you're already shut down. Yeah. So that must have been quite a blow. And so we're going to get into that. But I want everyone um, to, to hear that because it really sets this stage for this story that you're about to tell here. So here's someone who is a business owner. She literally launched right before the lockdown and you're still open. Yes. She is still open. All right. Still have some clients. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. So we're going to get back to that now a little bit later on. But really, I want 
you two um, sort of paint the picture. Yeah. Like, who is Kelsey and how did you become an entrepreneur? What led you to want to open up this story? So let, mm -hmm. let's go way, way back. That's right. At, um, you, now, you said it's Kelsey's Bar is the name of the business, mm -hmm. right? Now, when you say Kelsey's Bar, I'm like, you, is it a bar? Like, you serve alcohol? Like Everyone thinks that at first. <laughs> so I'm like, it's fun, but not that type of fun. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is coming out, obviously, from the person who's not really that into fitness, clearly. But when you talk to people in, in that arena, they obviously know what that what that is. And how do you spell the word bar? So now we know the difference. B-A-R-R-E. There so you go. It's not bear. I do have people coming <laughs> in right? asking about my bear classes. It's not bear. No bear, bear classes, right? <laughs> or it's not bar A either. <laughs> okay, awesome. But Kelsey's Bar, yeah. it's a wonderful health and fitness place. Yeah. Um. Uh, now... So let, what, what, how did you get into sort of that type of fitness? What was that day that you got into it? So um, bar specifically, I didn't get into until a couple years ago. Um, like I said, I have always, I've tried everything. I've done CrossFit. I've done strength training, HIIT. I've done all of it. And um, like I said, for me, it was kind of trying to find that type of exercise where it felt more like um, a hobby, more mm. like I feel like people associate exercises like a chore or yeah. something that they have to do. Oh, I have to go to the gym. Yeah. And I have to tighten up this spot or lose X amount of pounds. And for me, it was, well, I want to feel uh, good after yeah. I work out. I want to feel good during the workout mm -hmm. and I want to feel good after the workout. And um, I started with yoga when I was in high school. Um, I became a yoga teacher uh, freshman year of college. So I was going to college and going to yoga school wow. at the same time. So I actually joked around with some of my college friends and I said, you guys are working at grocery stores and bagging yeah. up groceries and I get to go to a yoga studio <laughs> and teach a class when I get off the class. Right, you had it made. So, they were probably jealous. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was fun. Yeah. And uh, and then kind of through there, I just experimented with um, like Pilates and, okay. uh, and then I found bar a couple of years later and yeah. that's definitely what resonated with me because I like how you kind of focus on each muscle group. So mm. you fatigue a muscle group and then you stretch. You fatigue a muscle group okay. and then you stretch. And You probably get better results that way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, so you're working on flexibility and strength. Okay. And it was something where I felt challenged. Mm. But I also, like I said, I wasn't feeling burnt out afterwards. I yeah. definitely felt sore. I felt good. Right. I was uh, mostly, more importantly, feeling the results because I don't yeah. like to go by seeing the results. Mm. Obviously, look good, feel good. Yeah, That's yeah. a real thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was feeling the results. I was seeing the results. Yep. And uh, it's just something that I felt like. I'm going to take this yeah. and I'm going to run with it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you actually hit on something I think it's really important and it's a lesson not just in fitness, but I think carries over to all areas of life, which is when you can't add enjoyment through what you're doing yeah. it's it's that's the thing that's the driving factor so if you don't have a passion and you're not excited to do it that's what leads you to doubt and leads you to very easily quit which is why number yeah. one i think people don't follow through on new year's resolutions right yes they, i was definitely gonna bring that up too <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're reading my mind now yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, people set these unrealistic, I guess, New Year's resolutions. Yes. And not that the, not that the result isn't attainable, but I think what they do is maybe they pick a path that's not enjoyable and that's what Absolutely. leads them to quitting. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Not only that, but I mean, it is definitely a big part of it is the goal that you pick. Mm. Because if you're going from sitting on the couch all day, watching Netflix, eating potato chips, and then you say, okay, you know, tomorrow's January 1st, so I'm going to hit the gym for two hours and I'm going to eat nothing but greens. Yeah. Uh, you can't just go. You're gonna be from, miserable. You're yeah, gonna wake you up sore. You're gonna yeah, always be hungry. You can't go from zero to one hundred <laughs> because then yeah. you're just not only are you setting yourself yeah. up for failure, but that's not sustainable. Which mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. that's why I love that word sustainable because yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about. You want to choose something where yeah. you can succeed in it, and right. if it's not a goal yeah. or anything that's sustainable, you're not gonna keep up with it. It's it true. has to be at least somewhat fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you try to make now all the classes that are in your business, obviously something that people get a good result, Yes, but you make it fun. Yes. I'd like to say, you know, even if the workout is very painful, at mm-hmm. least you have me guiding you through it. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, now, I'm sure that through this whole, whole pandemic, like, you know, a lot of the businesses that have been able to persevere, that you've been able to create a pretty loyal sort of yes. customer base. Yes. Right. What has that been like? Well, I um, I did have a pretty high position at a studio before I launched okay. this one. Um, and so a lot of my clients carried over from that previous business. So I kind of had the rapport with those people. And um, I some of them I've had for like two or three years now. And um, I think just because with fitness, it's such a personal thing mm. where someone is – their hair is all messed up, they're sweaty, like they're so vulnerable in that time. Mm -hmm. And the person that's guiding them through that and talking them through something that could be one of the hardest things they're doing physically, um, you kind of build a connection with that person. And I take that very, very seriously, like knowing that I'm that person that's leading you through this journey. Like this might've been something that you've wanted for years. Everyone has a story. Yeah. I really believe that. A hundred percent. And oftentimes when people make a decision like joining a fitness club or joining a class, there's something that dr- that's driving them there. Right, and they're spending hard-earned money on yeah. this too. And yep. I, you know, you have to remember that too sometimes. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. like, this is my job, but this is also X amount of money that this person is investing into themselves. It's true. So yeah. I'm very, very passionate about making sure yeah. that I give them a great experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, all right, so early on you said that you started yoga when you were younger, yeah. when you were in high school, mm-hmm. right, and and carrying it into into college. You know, what? fill in the gap between sure. college of you, I guess, starting with yoga, maybe teaching a couple classes, mm-hmm. to March 15th, you, you know, opening up a business. What is What happened in between there? Yeah, so I guess it starts with um, I went into college thinking that I wanted to be a teacher. I was one of those people that said, you know, I was born to do something and that Mm -hmm. was teaching. Um, My grandma was a very famous math teacher. She actually was the first person to ever be inducted in the Long Island Math Hall of Fame. Oh, my gosh. Which people don't even know that exists. No, I don't. It does exist. Oh, my goodness. By the way, my son is going to make that list. He's brilliant at math. Yeah. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's teaching is in my blood. So I just always assume that, you know, I was going to be a teacher. So that's what I went to college for. Okay. And um, I started taking the teaching courses again. I was doing the yoga thing on the side. Um, And then I was going from program to program to program. It was primary to secondary to biology to math. Mm. And it was like just nothing was clicking, resonating with me. And I was like, you know, 
I'm the type of person that always I need I need passion. Like mm-hmm. I can't just do something to do something. Yeah. Um. I I get stuck in a rut very easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I went through college. I got my degree in psychology, which was just because I ended up having the most credits in psychology. So, okay. By default. Yeah. All right. So psychology. And then it came time to um, try to go to grad school because that was just the next logical step. And um, sent out a bunch of applications, did not get accepted anywhere. Um, at first, I was super bummed, but then it actually ended up being the best thing ever mm. because I realized that I don't want to be yeah. doing this. I worked at a mental health facility for a little bit of time yes. as an addiction counselor. Yeah, hated it. Felt wow. stuck in a rut. Yeah, and um, I just started taking more fitness classes, and okay. I discovered like, okay, this is what I feel happy doing yeah yeah and started teaching a little bit more okay teaching a little bit more and then yeah. i said you know what this is what i want to do yeah you just fell in love with it i fell in love with it yeah. my parents were like uh you're a college graduate you want to start <laughs> teaching yoga classes right yeah, yeah i yeah, said yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i do right <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah so fast That's forward Okay. Somehow it just became this. I blinked my eyes and yeah. now I have a studio. <laughs> Amazing. You know, you you experienced something and I think it's really important for everyone to sat, sort of latch onto. And so I'm going to I'm going to add some clarity here. Sure. Is that all, you know, a lot of people would look at various moments in that story that you just told me as failure, right? They would yeah. be like, "You know what? I was I I'm 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 applying to grad school and I'm not getting in. I failed. Mm. And I think it's about mindset and perspective. And I think you did a really great job of saying, all right, maybe this is not failure. Maybe this is an indication. Maybe this is a sign. Maybe maybe this is something I should be paying attention to. And this is leading me down the path that I'm supposed to be going down. So ultimately, when you now, big picture, if you go above and now look at your whole storyline, you're like, wow, she didn't fail at all. In fact, she just found her path. But in the moment, in the micro moments, we have a tendency to overwhelm ourselves with what's going on. And the only thing that's happening in front of us is the most important thing. We get overwhelmed and sad and depressed. And Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, we failed. But sometimes we need to step back, gain a little perspective, change our mindset and realize, hey, maybe this is a good thing. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. I'm definitely the type of person that feels like everything happens for a reason. But I'm definitely also the person that's a perfectionist. Yeah. And so in the moment, I was like, oh, my God, like I was not used to like not having something go my way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God, like, how do I cope? Yeah. And it was just through continuing to teach fitness classes because I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing what what I'm happy doing. And hopefully this will lead me to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so any regrets at, at all? Are you are, are you sort of happy where you're where you are and where you're going? I am very happy oh, with good. where I am now. Life is treating me pretty well despite yeah. the crazy year previous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can always find things to be thankful for, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Um like I was telling you before, I was looking out. I was actually teaching a class the day after Thanksgiving. Mm. I always teach the day after Thanksgiving an hour and a half detox class. Wow. And it's very, very special. I put a lot of energy and emotion into it. We do a lot of breath work. It's yoga. Okay. We do a lot of postures that are mm. meant to detox the body. Wow. Um, and See, for me, though, it would have to be the day after that because my high holy day is the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I have this famous like Thanksgiving day after Thanksgiving sandwich that I eat. Yeah. So Thanksgiving is not the big day for me. For me, it's the day after. So I guess I would have to be the day after day after. Yeah. Right. Detox. <laughs> Most people, they want to come in and do like this crazy, like let's do Tabata. Let's burn a bunch of calories. Oh, and I throw them out of their comfort zone and I say, we're yeah. doing yoga. Wow. I'm not giving, right? I'm not giving you a hit yeah. class. Wow. I'm giving you a yoga class. And and it's and they realize it can be a workout yoga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just remember yeah. like looking out at the end when they yeah. were all in Shavasana after class, which is the rest at the end. Okay. And I was looking out and I almost like shed a tear because I'm looking out at like five people and that's a full class right now with yeah. the restrictions. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I am so blessed mm. to have people that trust me yep. and trust my space to be clean yeah. and safe. And to be here mm -hmm, with me mm -hmm. and to just share this energy, share this breath with me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just really special. Yeah. Now, uh, 2020, uh, we've mentioned it a few times, it comes as no surprise, has been a challenge for a lot of people this yeah. year. Whether it, it be that you are a business owner and you were hit with the shutdown and, and there's a lot of people now struggling just to keep up, um, or you were... You worked for someone else and you got furloughed or laid mm -hmm. off and money's tight. Like there's been a lot of struggles that led a lot of people to now really, you know, struggle and suffer now with various types of, you know, depression is a big thing yeah. right now. You know, I'm, I have a, a number of people that, that I know that that have really struggled over the past year with that. And yeah. having a good support system is, is really important. Have you seen that at all? Have you experienced that? Have you talked with anyone? Are you seeing something similar in nature with some people with through 2020? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think um, number one is it's human nature. Um, touch is a huge thing. Mm. And so I know a lot of my clients have said um, just the human connection with other people throughout the shutdown really affected them. I was doing uh, live classes on Zoom throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And um I just remember my clients were saying like, you know, it's great. Thank you so much for doing this. But I just want to hear everyone else's breath yeah. with me, you know. Yes. And especially with fitness, I feel like in person, the camaraderie that you get with other people cheering you on. Yes. Me cheering you on, being yeah. with you figuratively and literally, literally holding yeah. your hand sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, you don't get that. I totally agree with and you. And same thing with like family yeah. celebrations, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, people celebrating via Zoom. It's just not the same. It's not. I mean, it's nice that we have technology to give us that yeah. type of convenience. At least we had something, right? But ultimately, even Zoom cannot never replace the human connection. Yeah. I like I, I say this all the time. You know, we were we we were created to be companion individuals, right? Humans need other humans. We need the flesh on flesh. We need to see each other. Yeah. You know, and this is where that's how we thrive. And uh, so, being able to get to, back to that place, I think it's is important. And whatever we need to do in order to get there, let's do it, right? And this way, you know, people like you can can really service your clients even better and yeah. help people because you're not. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a go out a limb here because okay. I've I've talked with a lot of fitness uh, and gym owners, people in the health and wellness space, sure. and this is the, the sort of the common thread that I've I've learned is that you're not just actually helping people to become physically fit. You're actually, by default, helping people become mentally fit as yes. well. And 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 so I think it's really important for people in your space to be active and available to the community so that they can get, you know, they can reach those physical goals. Yeah. But through that journey, they're, uh, they're achieving something even more important, which they're becoming mentally fit. Absolutely.
Yeah, and that that's that's great. Now I know I know you've got quite um, a personal story, yeah. and and honestly, if if I ever sort of go too far, just let me know and say no, I don't want to answer that question. That's fine. But <laughs> but you you've shared with me off camera some incredible personal stories. Yeah. Um, it's really what led me to, uh, you know, speaking with you on Instagram. You know, I know that your mom has reached out to me a few times yes, locally, the right? Momager. The momager. <laughs> By the way, that's that's amazing. Can you tell everyone before we move forward what is a momager? The momager is the mom boss. Uh, sometimes I feel like she's more of a boss than I am. She <laughs> does everything from making appointments for like the plumber to come oh, into wow. the studio. Wow. She'll sweep for me. She'll wipe the bars down oh my after goodness. class. That's a good she mom. literally does everything. She's amazing. She's the momager. She's amazing. So sometimes every now and then you probably you have to remind her. By the way, that's my name on the yeah. building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's Donna's bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's great that you have someone like that I have a in huge your corner. Support system. That's huge. Huge support. That's system. that's amazing. And I'm sure that uh played a factor into this next thing that we're going to be talking yes. about. Um now I if you know I don't even want to reveal too much. I want to let you tell okay. your story, but you know what was that struggle that you had early on? Um and if you don't mind like be as open and transparent as, as you're I, comfortable with. Don't worry, I will. Okay. <laughs> um so I struggled with exercise addiction and um, bulimia and anorexia. Um, the way that it started, in my opinion, is really like in middle school and high school. Um, I've always been a little bit heavier. Um, I was that kid that would go to the doctor and the doctor would, you know, give you that little push like, you know, you need to lose a little bit of weight and um that's a whole other thing that mm. I think that doctors should have extra training in, yeah. in how to present certain information because it could be damaging. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, once I got into high school, I was ridiculed for my weight. Um, I was a very shy person, believe it or not, because I know it seems like now even my clients will be like, you're shy. I'm like, yes, believe it or not, I'm a shy person. <laughs> um, so I was very quiet. And I guess that also made me a bit of an easy target because I would never speak up for myself. And um, I became the fat goth girl in high school. So that's that's what everyone called me. Hmm. Um, really, I just like to wear black. I wasn't goth yeah. or anything. I just thought black was cool. But yeah, that became yeah. my name. And um, now I'm sorry. Sure. Did that bother you when, when you first heard that or did you sort of embrace that that sort of uh, label? So the goth thing didn't really bother me because I guess I did listen to music that might be considered goth. to yeah. some. By the people. way, I, I actually went through a goth goth stage myself. Haven't we all either I, been through a scene emo, emo or goth exactly. phase? I mean, yes. come on. Yes, preach it. A hundred percent. Back in the day, um, this uh, now, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, but, you know, back Back in the in the early '90s, emo was really taking off. Like yeah. I was emoed out. Yeah, and you know? I would beg to differ that I was more emo than goth. Okay, but, there you go. You know, whatever yeah. the goth the goth part didn't really bother me, <laughs> but the fat thing definitely yeah. bothered me yeah. because it's that terrible. was something I kind of internalized based on what the doctors had been telling me. Um, like I never went on diets or mm. anything, but I just kind of knew like I I'm overweight. Okay. And um, but then once other people started calling me fat was when I kind of was like, OK, goth, I'm fine with being known as the goth girl in high yeah, school. But yeah. I I want to be known for something more than just being fat yeah, in high school. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, we 
want to, you know, we seek approval from other peers and other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just to know that the way that these people saw me was just as this fat girl. Yeah, and they were using it in a derogatory sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's terrible, that's just cruel. Yeah. Right, I mean, and to to try to label someone like that and say that their value is directly associated with that label is horrible. Exactly, yeah, so it was like, didn't care to get to know me or my personality or anything. It was just, okay, this this girl's fat. Mm. (laughs) So that that was what I was known for. So I said, you know what? I want to be known for something other than being fat. Okay. So uh, I went to my dad one day and I said, you know, I want to start losing some weight. Okay. Um, can I get like either a treadmill or an elliptical or something like that? And he said, sure. We went out, got an elliptical, put it in the basement, and it started out fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's an important thing to say with eating disorders yeah. and exercise addiction is no one goes and starts a journey saying, I am going to have an eating disorder. Mm. It starts from an innocent or healthy place where you are trying to better yourself. And that's what I thought I was doing. And how it started was I was making healthy changes for myself. Um, It started with 10 minutes on the elliptical. Next week, I was able to do 15 minutes. And, you know, just it was fine for the first, like, year, I'd say. I was just... You know, it was a healthy balance Mm -hmm. of exercise, diet, and life. Mm -hmm. And so that's when students started knowing, noticing the weight loss and would start complimenting me on it. So in my head, I'm going, okay, I'm not the fat goth girl anymore. Now they're telling me I look good. So you know what? I have to keep this up. Mm. So once I got to a certain place, like, for example, let's say I was on the elliptical for 45 minutes a day, which is not that bad. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. normal. It was, okay, I can never go under 45 minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know why I had that thought process. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, it was like, oh, if I take a rest day, they're going to stop complimenting me. You know, mm. I, I'm, I need to be doing exactly what I'm doing. And then it was an hour on the okay. elliptical and then it was oh i'm gonna get a personal trainer because i want to keep looking good yeah um and then associated with that i um started uh lessening the calories lessening the calories yeah. and then i discovered laxative pills oh wow and uh again started with one or two a day and then um, at the worst of my eating disorder, I was taking 25 laxative pills a day. 25? And um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And at that point, um, I know I'm kind of like skipping a little bit, but um, it was planning my day around what time I'm going to take my laxative so I know what time I'm going to the bathroom and I know not to plan um, a class, a college class, wow. um, to plan. Um, it, it became like an obsession. Exactly. It was... I mean, I wouldn't go out to restaurants. I wouldn't mm. um, go out with, it was, it was. this is the time I'm going to the gym, so don't plan anything here. This is the time I'm taking my laxatives, so I can't plan anything So it here. really had power over you. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh, wow. Yeah, so it became, um, the thoughts just took over. Mm. And it was, okay, well, I took... 25 laxative pills yesterday and was on the elliptical for two hours and had an hour personal training session yesterday. So I need to do that tomorrow or I'm going to gain weight. Oh my gosh. And 
then, of course, again, it was, okay. Um, And at this point, I'm looking, I'm still seeing a fat girl in the mirror um, that there was a lot of body dysmorphia attached to that. Can, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. You know, um, and because I, and, and I, I don't mean this to be offensive at all, yeah. but I think a lot of people that maybe have never known anyone to suffer from right. this, they hear that statement, they're like, how can you possibly see any type of, you know, uh, you know, fat or anything like that? Like, can you yeah, explain that? It's so hard to explain. And it's something that I really don't understand myself either. But when you've lived in a body for X amount of years, um, you just kind of associate yourself with it. It's kind of like uh, when, for example, like if you lost 20 pounds, it's over a period of time and you're looking at yourself in the mirror Mm. every day. So you might not be able to be like, oh, you know, I lost the 20 pounds. But someone that hasn't seen you in six months would be like, wow, you know, I can tell you lost Mm -hmm, weight. mm -hmm. I think it's kind of the same thing like that where I'm seeing my body every day. So I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. the weight loss on my body. I'm seeing still that starting image. So you became, is it, I don't know if it's a safe assumption to say this, but did you come addicted to seeing a result then? Like you had to see a result or hear a result from other people? Um, I think it was... I never really saw results. It was more the number on the scale. Oh, is that right? Okay. So I would be weighing myself after I ate any type of meal, which like a wow. meal at the end of it was like prune juice. <laughs> so you would melt, weigh yourself like multiple times a day? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And if it was even an ounce over what I weighed the previous time, yeah. I would go on the elliptical and no, have to oh lose that ounce. Okay. Um, And obviously now I know that's ridiculous. There's so many reasons why you can gain an ounce, (laughs) but that's, that's what it was at the time. Wow. So, um, so let's talk about a little bit uh, triggers, you know, what was, what do you think was the trigger? Now I know, listen, you've gone through, I want, I want everyone to understand the the end of the story here. You were, you've successfully gotten through this obviously, right? So, but what was the trigger for you that, really sort of started you down this unhealthy path? Yeah, there's um, there's definitely a lot of things. Um, number one is definitely, like I was saying before, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. And at first it was with school, it was always having to be successful in school. So mm-hmm. I think once I heard that I was fat, it kind of triggered that like perfectionist oh, voice okay. in my head where it was like, well, now I have to succeed at this. So I have to succeed in not being fat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like with school, sometimes yeah. I would have an unhealthy addiction to studying yeah. and isolating myself to study and needing to have everything yes. be perfect. It was okay, now I'm isolating myself to be skinny and yeah. prioritizing that over everything. Yeah. You know, it, I, and I want to take a moment to really, I want everyone to really think about this for a second. We need to be very careful and guard what we say to people. Yeah. You know, and I, I've always been a firm believer of this. Number one is you have no idea what you do and say, how it impacts people, right? Because in passing, we could say something and never cross paths with someone again, but that for some reason, that person latched onto it, right? It yeah. affects them. We need to, as as just, as a, as a community, as a, as a human culture, we need to be very careful and be more sensitive to people and guard our words and not do things for a laugh. And you know what? 
even be careful in trying to do things to intentionally hurt people in the moment because you're emotional. Yeah. Because that could be long-term damaging. And, you know, that short-term reward because you're like, oh, I hurt that person in the moment. Well, you could destroy their life long-term, you know? And and in your case, all of those those people said cruel things to you yeah. that led you to that toxic thought, right? And and so what would you say to, you know, to the, to the audience right here? Number one, what would you say to someone who has received that type of toxicity, the cruel comments, and it's eating at them? What, what can you say to someone like that that would encourage them right now? Yeah, I think um, number one, just to kind of go off of what you just said with the little things, and then I'll answer that. Yeah. Because it made me think of something is I've heard a lot of people, again, working in health and fitness, a lot of people will say something like, oh, you know, I ate X, you know, insert cupcake, popcorn, whatever it is. But now I took this class, so I don't feel guilty anymore. Or they'll say to like a child, um, oh, I'm going to be good and not eat eat this cupcake today. And like, I literally cringe when I hear things like this, because especially it's something that you might not struggle with. And so like when you say it, you're not really thinking of anything. But that is the diet culture talking and that person or kid, or whoever it is, they're so perceptive and they can pick that up and really run with it. And I remember my mom would say things like that too. I mean, innocently, she mm. would never say anything uh, intentionally to harm me, but we all say things like that. I think if we, you know, everyone listening, that probably made them think like, oh yeah, I yeah. do. I do say that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, you never know who's listening, but um, I think for anyone that's heard something like that, and is struggling, it's so hard because I don't really know if there's like a right or wrong thing to say to that because it really is all about like your mindset to yeah. it. But what about talking with people? Ta talking with, oh yeah, I would say, I've definitely like when I hear things like yeah, that, I yeah. will actually school people on that and Will be you like, really? Oh, yeah. I'm very passionate so when you, about that. When you see someone in someone else that reminds you of maybe your experience, are you bold enough to approach that person? And obviously in love, but approach them and be like, listen, I'm recognizing something something here. I went through this. Absolutely. Um, in fact, this happened just recently where mm. a friend of mine um, opened up to me about using laxative pills, which again, I'm telling you about laxative pills. And this is probably something that you you never really knew that people never. used because yeah, no idea. we don't. I mean, it's something that's not known, but that's actually a form of bulimia. Oh my gosh. We typically associate bulimia with throwing up, mm -hmm. um, but actually there's a bunch of different types of bulimia. Yeah, yeah. So laxative pills is one way of purging oh and gosh. exercise is also a way of purging. I struggled with both of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I my friend opened up to me about laxative use and I actually set her up um, in a, in a a um, with a therapist. Mm. Because I said, that's that's not normal what you're yeah. telling me. And, yeah. um, so I can see the warning signs on yeah. people and I like to keep an eye on them. Yeah. But even people that uh, you know aren't that severe where they're mm -hmm. using laxative pills, but they just say something in mm -hmm. passing um, because I come across that literally almost daily oh, in wow. uh, my studio. I just gently say to them like, hey, that's the diet culture talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You want to be as encouraging as you possibly yeah. can, you know. Now, all right, what about because this this is hard, you know. 
this is hard for for me. I'll, I'll make it personal. Like, obviously, I, I can't relate, right? Yeah. I've never gone through that. But I have people in my life that I know that have struggled with that. Yeah. Right? Now, what what advice can you give me on how I can I can help my friends? Like, what can I say? What can I do that's not going to be offensive? Because I'm sure when you were at your your peak of going through this, you probably had people in your life trying to, you know, trying to trying to talk to you and you're probably, you know, either denying it, right? So yeah. like how do how does someone like me approach someone in love and help them out? Yeah. Um, I mean, you definitely have to be careful with your words. I definitely wouldn't bring up weight at all mm. because I know a lot of people will be like, hey, like I've noticed, you know, you've been losing like a lot of weight or you look like a lot thinner, you know, is everything okay? Yeah, they like, probably want to hear on? that, right? That's going to encourage them and be oh, like, okay. Oh, okay, what I'm doing is working. Interesting. So I'm going to keep doing it. So I would maybe kind of like approach them like, hey, is everything all right? You know, or just just in a friendly way, like not leading on to, well, it seems like they have an Mm -hmm. eating disorder or they're Mm -hmm. struggling with weight or exercise. Just kind of like a friendly like, you know, hey, just checking in with you. Like, how's it going? Especially now, like with the, um, you know, with the pandemic still going on. It's a kind of good way to kind of be like, hey, how are you doing throughout this? Oh, that's It's like a good segue kind of because then they're not going to suspect that you're saying it because of the eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. All right, what was that moment where um, you decided to make a change though? Yeah, What was What was that pivotal moment for you? So um, I had been hiding it for a while and um, very surprisingly like that my parents or family members didn't pick up on it. Um, But I remember it was... To the point where when I would walk down to the basement to use my elliptical, I would pass out every time on the stairs because I was just so I didn't have any food in my system. I was woozy and uh, but I would still end up getting up, going back on. And I just realized, okay, at this point, do I really want to be living my life like this. Yes, it's the only thing that's comforting to me right now because I had been doing it for so many years. I didn't know how to live my life any other way. I just knew that, okay, even though it's scary, I don't want to live like this. Mm -hmm. Um, These disordered thoughts are controlling me and I don't like that. I'm the person that likes to be in control and I realized I'm not in control anymore. And um, I found a uh, NIDA walk, which is the National Eating Disorder Association. They were doing like a um, fundraiser walk or something like that. And um, I just said to my mom, uh, hey, like, do you want to attend this with me? Like, I don't have an eating disorder or anything. I just kind of like it resonates with me. And I think mm. it would be a good thing to go to together. Okay. okay. And so we went and uh, before we did like the walk, there was a speaker there and the speaker was talking about her struggle with uh, an eating disorder. And I just remember looking over at my mom and her face just went completely white. Oh my gosh. And she turned to me, she goes, you do that. You do that. Like as the speaker, as the speaker's talking, she's turning over to me and you do that too. And you do that too. And she's like, it just like clicked in her head. Like, oh, you're, you know, that was that moment where she's like, you're struggling with an eating disorder. And it's kind of like, I feel like what I was telling you with some of these things, you don't realize that these are things that are associated with eating disorders. My mom didn't know either. So she didn't realize all of these things that I was doing were 
eating disorder behaviors. Um, so then she started looking for help for me at that time. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm ready. Mm. I'm sure that must've been hard on you, but also hard on your mom. Yeah. You know, if you don't mind, sort of take me back to that, to that, to that moment again. Now you go home and, and now your mom's aware. Yeah. Right. And, and um, does your mom share this with your other family members? And how did you, as a, as a group, as a core group, right? How did you guys handle it? She, she just said like, we're going to get you help. And, um, at that point I wasn't even going to deny it anymore. Mm. Um, because like I said, I, I actually, did want help to a certain extent. Um, once the help came, I yeah. didn't really want it anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, so she started looking up different um, therapists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because um, at that point, I didn't have a therapist because I had opened up to my therapist uh, a year previous about my eating disorder. And she dropped me as a client because uh, she said, you're too severe for me. What? And I just didn't tell my parents. Wow. So I wasn't even... I wasn't even having therapy at that point oh or anything gosh. like that. Um, so she's like, let's find you a therapist. Jeez. Same thing happened. No therapist would take me because I was way beyond that. They oh were like, gosh. you got to get this girl like in a treatment center. Like this is yeah. beyond what we okay. can help you with. And is that what you ended up doing? Yeah. So um, I ended up going to a um, treatment center, a, um, it was like a hospital outpatient type of program. Yeah, and yeah. um so I had to do like some intakes for it before and they actually said, um, cause you had to get like EKG and blood work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They said that, um, cause my resting heart rate was 45 and they said, you know, if your, your heart rate was any slower than that, we would have admitted you to the oh hospital, like no questions asked. Um, but I started going to that program and, um, failed completely. Mm. <laughs> I was doing what I was supposed to while I was there. It was a six hour program. Okay. Uh, but then I would go, go home, home and, and exercise for three hours right? and not eat, yeah. take the laxative pills. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so then uh, I ended up having to go to a full live-in treatment center. So mm-hmm. I went to California to a full live-in treatment center. And um, that's kind of what made it st- for me i i had to have 24 hours of someone making sure i wasn't engaging in the behaviors because if i didn't have someone monitoring me Mm -hmm. i was going to engage in those behaviors it was pointless for me to be at this treatment you could have died yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah wow so obviously now this point must have been hard you know you know being able to make that adjustment change your mind change your habits that must have been really hard probably a lot of tears Right. Yes. A lot of arguments. Right. Oh, I, I was nasty. <laughs> but but your family ultimately, because your mom is what would you call momager? The momager. Listen, momager is still around. So obviously, is, yeah. you know, she is stuck with you through it, through it all. And, and really, you, you probably have an amazing she support system. She flew out to California with me. To Did make, she really? To, to make sure that everything was wow. settled. So and- everyone needs a momager. Everyone needs a momager. Sorry, mine is taken. You can't she's have her. Right. So very, very cool. So um, it, was there a moment, um, maybe it was a, a moment with your mom, or was there a moment with someone um, that maybe it was it was while you were in treatment or after you're in treatment? Because you can be going through treatment, going through the motions, but you have to make the commitment up here, right? Do you remember? Yeah. Was there a time like that for you? Um, I remember... The last day that I was on the treatment center, which 
By the way, I actually checked out myself. I wasn't wow. discharged. I checked out myself because I realized that I kind of not, I don't want to say I knew what I was doing, mm -hmm. but it was that moment where it clicked for me. Yeah. And I knew staying there was actually going to like hinder me. Okay. Where I was like, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. And so I, checked myself out wow. my mom was like freaking out <laughs> <laughs> she took like a red eye to california to really? be like what are you doing like yeah. everyone in the treatment center was like i mean they were very blunt about it they yeah. said you're gonna relapse you're gonna die wow. like they straight up looked me in the eyes and they said you're not ready to go you're gonna relapse and you're gonna die when when they said that to you like you're going to die did you believe him or did you or no. you didn't believe him at all you're like no. nah, not me I was like, I'm not dying. Right, I'm getting right. out of here. I'm peacing out. I'm going to a hotel. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take a shower. I'm going to go to the bathroom without having you guys watch me. <laughs> right. It's like, bye. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm still here. You're so still there. Yeah. So prove them wrong. <laughs> you, you did prove them wrong. You know, but that. Do you think that is a good approach for everyone? Because... No, I would not recommend that yeah, at okay. all. Do not do what I did. Yeah. Um, I think that I am definitely in the minority with that. Yeah. I'm also in the minority because after I left that treatment center, I never went back to another one. You I never did? No. I, you overcame. You're an yeah. overcomer. That's great. I told you I'm a perfectionist. So <laughs> I was going to do recovery perfect. Right. It really wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't even close to being perfect. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I was determined. Yeah, that's wonderful, though. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So you were able to get back on your feet and, and completely just change your life yeah. right for the for the better and and so now we're going to fast forward all that time yes. right which leads you where you are today you're in the studio with us you're telling your amazing yes. story and now we're almost you know we're going almost approaching a year into this pandemic yeah now. so crazy and and uh your perfectionist in you you're not giving up no never your business is not only going to get through this but you're going to thrive i'm building my empire girl that's what i like <laughs> to hear that's yeah. right you're going to see a Kelsey's bar on every corner. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Very, very cool. So so what is that? What's the big plans? Um, 2021 is here. Uh, entrepreneurs around the world, they make their plans for 2021. What's yours? So I, um, I have a kind of, I guess, what most business owners are doing now is they're realizing that you have to take your business virtual to some extent yes. to be successful now because... People are either immunocompromised mm -hmm. or they don't feel comfortable coming in to sure. um, to a place, which is fine. I respect that completely and mm -hmm. I want to cater to everyone. So that's exactly what I'm working on now Great. is uh, continuing to create online content. Yeah. And um, I actually what's currently going on now is my Fit Reset program, mm -hmm. which is a 30 day. I call it a challenge, but I don't like to use the word challenge because, yeah. again, I like to set realistic expectations yes. for everyone. And I don't like to say you have to log on every single day to be yeah. successful because that's not true. Yeah. Um, but it keeps me accountable, at least where uh, I'm putting out a video every single day. Wow. And um, it's fitness, it's yoga, mm -hmm. it's meditation, it's breath work. And uh, along with that, if you um, sign up for my newsletters, you get an email that corresponds with that video every Great. day. And so it's a blog on either, you know, whatever that day is. So January 1st was detox flow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was all about uh, the 
yoga poses for detoxing. We have days on recovery, the importance of recovery days. Lots of education. Being there is an available resource. Exactly, exactly. So it's all like fitness and education and stuff like that combined. So that's what's that's how I'm kicking off 2021. Love it. That's amazing. All right, I'm going to go off topic a little sure. bit. All right, I always like giving some people some curveballs here. Yes, uh, oh, I'm what excited. Is, what is one book? It doesn't matter what it, what it, book it was or when you read it. it. Could be Dr. Seuss or something more okay. serious, right? But what is one book that you read? One book that I read. So the first thing that comes to my mind is The Shack. I don't remember who wrote it. Okay, but. It was actually an assigned book uh, from one of my college classes. Yep. I went to St. Joseph, so we were required to do like one religious class. Sure. Yep. And of course, I'm going into this class like, oh, it's going right. to be the worst Dreading thing it. ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually was my favorite class I ever took in college. Is that right? Oh, uh, wow. It was kind of about how like the different religions uh, view like death and life. Okay. So, so interesting. And yep. um. The book just, and again, it was something where like we had to read it in like two days or yeah. something. He I read it. It's it a very quick read. Yeah, yeah. And I started reading it and I literally didn't put it down. It oh, so is that good. right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So The Shack is your book. Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. All right. So when you're not, um, you know, doing your, in your fitness world, when you're mm-hmm. not at Kelsey's bar yes. and you're not recording all this incredible content for all of your clients, what is one thing that you absolutely love to do? Uh, watch the Mets with my cats. Watch the Mets with your cats. So you're a Mets fan. Mets fan. Both of my cats are named after Mets players. Come on. What, what's their names? Nimi is named after Brandon Nimmo. No way. And JD okay. is named after JD Davis. Incredible. All right. So <laughs> I'm a Mets fan as well. Yes. You know, so we don't have a lot to be excited for, but we are still loyal to our, our team, right? Always, always. Always loyal. Okay. So I'm going to expect to see you with your Mets hat or jersey on one day, you know, cheering yes. on the Mets. I'm excited to be able to go back to City Field one day, hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And what is one uh, family tradition that you have that you love? Um, my favorite family tradition is the day after Thanksgiving, my mom and I get in uh, matching Christmas pajamas and we watch the Grinch that stole Christmas, yeah. drink peppermint martinis and decorate the Christmas tree. Well, I definitely want an invite there yeah. because the peppermint <laughs> martinis sounds delicious. They are. Okay. All right. Very, very cool. All right. Well, listen, I, I want to first, I want to thank you. Thank you yes. for, for coming to the studio, being a part of Don't Fear Grit. You've got an amazing story that obviously is not no over. You're just really beginning beginning as an oh, entrepreneur yeah. and, oh, yeah. and I have a feeling in a few years we're going to see the Kelsey Bar Empire really take off it's going to be amazing I not I was going to say I hope so but I know you so. know so and and listen I appreciate you being open and vulnerable and honest about your story I'm sure you know it's it, it must be still hard to sort of talk about but um, I think that there's a lot of people that, like you were sharing, are struggling with this, but they're quiet about it and no one knows. Not and, only you that, know? but I think some people don't realize they have an eating disorder either. Oh, interesting. Because that's how it started with me yeah. was I actually Googled what I was doing and that's how I realized that I had an eating disorder. Is that right? I didn't know I had an eating disorder and I think that a lot of people, whether they're convincing themselves mm-hmm, of it or mm-hmm. it's genuine, don't realize yeah. that they have it too. Yeah. So I hope that this brings awareness to that. Yeah. Um, and if you if you could, um, what were you? You said you had um, found some resources. You you mm-hmm. went to March, or can you just remind everyone what's the name of these things? Maybe maybe people they're curious and they For want to sure. look this up. 
Yeah, so there's um, the National Eating Disorder Association. Um, that's really the number one for eating disorders that has the most resources and um, where you can find like treatment centers where to get help. Um, also, self self plug, but I can definitely I love helping out people yeah. with that. I also wrote a book on my experience. What's the name of your book? So my book's called My Devil Twin. Um, that's what I call my eating disorder, my oh, devil wow. twin. And um, so there's that too. Where can they get the book? It's on Amazon right now. It's just uh, an ebook. Okay, but, um, that's great. It's still good. That's wonderful. I know I'm a All little right. biased, but it's a good book. You <laughs> should right. get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people should get it for either themselves. Yeah, as probably you know, I'm I'm going to get it myself, and I'm going to read through it because I think it's important to even educate yourself on these things, um, and then get it for someone else as well. Yeah, you know, I think that that'll be that'll be really great. Now, you mentioned you don't mind people reaching out to you. No, um, how could someone reach out to you? Whether it be there, we've got two different people. People who are interested in fitness and they yeah. want to become a client, but maybe, you know, they're a little bit nervous and scared to talk to their family about it. And maybe they would feel more comfortable talking to you about their struggles. Yeah. Where can they find you? So I like Instagram the best because I also post a lot of um, like what I think is inspirational or things that I find on the Instagram Explorer page that resonate with me that I'll repost and kind of add like my little caption to it mm. of what I'm feeling. So my uh, Instagram at is K-E-L-S-I-E-C-O-H-E-N-C-P-T. So then you can get information about um, exercise, eating disorder, pictures of my cats, which awesome. I think is really the best part about it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And one more time, give a plug. Um, what's the name of your business? Yeah. If you have a website, let them know all that good stuff and yes. where your business is located. Yes. So Kelsey's Bar www.kelsiesbarre.com. So Kelsey with an I-E, not an E-Y. Get that all the time. And uh, we're located on 269 Smithtown Boulevard. And uh, sorry, 229. Oh my gosh, I don't even know my own location. <laughs> 229. <laughs> Scratch that, reverse it. There you go. 229 Smithtown Boulevard. They're going to go to a different location. Yeah. Like, Wait, where is she? <laughs> That's where I am. Right next to the big Glow Tan uh, okay. storefront. So you'll probably see Glow Tan before you see me. Okay. All right, excellent. Well, everyone, go follow her on Instagram. Check out her website. If you are local to that community, I, I highly recommend um, seeking her out. And it sounds like it's a place that you're going to get a good result. You're going to be able to achieve your goals, but I think you're going to have a blast. Oh, yeah. We have it. a lot of fun, but yeah. also I have a different definition of fun than most people. All right. All right. Well, listen. <laughs> I'll let you guys discover that. <laughs> okay. I think everyone out of curiosity alone That's should right. seek you out. See right? what my type of fun is. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Listen, honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I really enjoyed this. We're going to have you back. You know, after you relaunch, I guess, in 2021 with That's all these right. incredible plans, right. we're going to have you back to talk about all that good stuff. Awesome. I, I look think, forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Everyone go follow her. You've got her handle now on Instagram. You've got her website. Follow her. Do all that stuff. We need to support each other. Remember, the tide rises for all ships. So everyone, it doesn't matter where you are. Let's go ahead and support our dear friend now to the show, uh, Kelsey of Kelsey's Bar. Amazing. So guys, you remember, don't fear the process and don't fear grit. We'll see you next time. Take care.